the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Do you find yourself struggling to let go of a failed relationship? Have you experienced a business or career setback? Are you trying to move forward after the loss of a loved one? Do you wish you could just be more secure? Often these types of situations bind us with negative thoughts that prevent us from living our best lives. According to today's guest, Brian Tracy, letting go of those thoughts is one of the most important steps toward success. Brian is here today to offer strategies to help us overcome detrimental patterns that prevent us from achieving our goals or feeling happy and satisfied. Brian is a chairman and CEO of Brian Tracy International, a company specializing in the training and development of individuals and organizations. He is a top-selling author and speaker who has written and produced more than 300 audio and video learning programs, including the worldwide best-selling Psychology of Achievement, which has been translated into more than 28 languages. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joan. It's a pleasure to be with you. Brian, you know my work falls under the umbrella of change your attitude, change your life. And I'm a believer in the power of our thoughts. And if we're to move forward with anything we want to accomplish, we must begin with what we think. But most people don't recognize their negativity. You've been doing this work for many years. What do you believe keeps us stuck And what keeps us in a pattern of negative thinking? Well, I began studying this subject, uh, I hate to say, decades ago. And what I found is that the greatest obstacle between happiness, success, fulfillment, and everything else is negative emotions. And negative emotions are where we interpret things in a negative way. In in the modern age, experts like the University of Pennsylvania professor who wrote uh, Learned Optimism, he said basically that what we do is we interpret things. We have an explanatory style. And our explanatory style explains the world around us whether or not it's correct. So if you have an incorrect explanatory style, you interpret things to yourself in a negative way, then everything will be negative. Now, what I discovered, which was so important, is that getting rid of negative emotions is the key to happiness, success, fulfillment, love, joy, transition, long life, everything else. And how do you get rid of negative emotions? And the simplest of all things is that you stop blaming other people for problems that have occurred in your life. The essence of it was forgiveness, Joan, Mm -hmm. is that the reason why we are unhappy is because we have not yet forgiven someone or something in our lives that we blame for our situation, current or past. And so what I began teaching the importance of forgiving and just simply letting go of everything that has ever hurt you or bothered you in life. And as soon as you do that, your whole life changes. It's like a transformation. All the lights in your life come on. But as soon as you stop blaming others and let it go, your whole life transforms. So, Brian, I've experienced a lot of loss and and a lot of pain in my life, and I found myself living in the past, doing a lot of the things that you just described, wondering about all the what-ifs, wishing things could be different. 
but that way of thinking doesn't serve us well. I was miserable. So how does staying stuck in the past keep us from moving forward? Well, we, we all have instances in our lives where our the lights come on. Some years ago, one of the best writers in New York was interviewing a psychiatrist who had been in business and practice for 30, 40 years. He said it was quite astonishing. He said that virtually every single therapeutic session, which went on for six months to six years, began with the words, if only, if only, and explained that if only I hadn't done this, if only my parents hadn't done that, if only my first wife or husband this, or if only, and it was always if only. And so people walked around carrying this burden of if only. And so you have to let, let your if onlys go. And one of the things that I teach is that you must never be worried about something that you can't change. And you cannot change the past. So you must never be upset or angry or stressed about a past event because it's unchangeable. The only thing that you can change is the present. And you can change the present by the way you respond and react today. And what I've taught over and over again is that accepting responsibility, just saying the magic words, I am responsible. I am responsible for how I respond to whatever happens. I cannot control external events, but I can control myself. So let us say you come back to your car uh, in the parking lot or the shopping center and there's a dent in the door and whoever did it is gone. Well, you are not legally at fault or accountable, but you are responsible for how you respond. And this is always under your control. And if you make a habit of accepting responsibility, saying, all right, I'm going to stay calm, clear, certain things I can do, the person is gone, just make a habit of saying, I am responsible for how I respond. And this turns out to be the great, one of the great discoveries of human history. Is successful people, leaders, are famous for accepting responsibility for results. You'll find that unhappy, negative people are always blaming others. He did this, she did that, they did this, they did that. What I would teach is that there is a negative emotion tree. And the negative emotion tree has fruit. And the fruit are negative emotions. And then I say, well, this negative emotion tree is like a Christmas tree. Imagine that these fruits, these uh, are like lights on a Christmas tree. How do you turn off all the lights of a Christmas tree simultaneously? And the answer is you pull the plug. As soon as you pull the plug, all the lights go out. As soon as you say, I am responsible and accept responsibility for the situation, all your negative emotions stop instantly. It's the most phenomenal thing. You can actually eliminate negative emotions in a second by just simply saying, I am responsible. Because you cannot accept responsibility and be angry at the same time. So we say, as soon as you stop blaming, your whole life transforms. If you accept responsibility, all that is left is positive emotions, which are creative, which are helpful, which are loving, which are kind, which are healthy. And you have total control over that. Brian, you say that we should become a master of change. And a lot of us try to make changes and, and sometimes we're able to stick to them for a while, but eventually we slip back into our old patterns. What do you believe we could do that will help us make change last? Yes, it's very simple. You, you and I know that you become what you think about most of the time. Mm-hmm. That you change your thinking, you change your life. Is that if you change your ideas, what happens about yourself and your world, your whole world changes. In fact, when I began to study this in my 20s, I came across a concept called basic premises. Is that everything that happens to you in life is determined by your basic premises, your basic beliefs. And these are things that have happened or ideas that uh, you have accepted usually without question. And what you do, all change in your life begins when you challenge your basic premises. For example, I know that everybody wants to be financially successful. And when I started off, I came out of school. I did not graduate. I worked at laboring jobs for several years. I worked as a laborer. I worked on farms and ranches. I worked in factories and mills and mines and on ships. And I had this idea that I would never amount to much. My parents told me I would never amount to much. Most of the adults in my life told me I would never amount to much. In fact, when I left junior high school, middle school, one of my teachers took me aside and said, we just had a vote in the staff room and we we have voted you most likely to fail in life. Hmm. You will you will be the first person to go to jail. That's what they told and they told me that like it was 
kind of a funny thing mm-hmm. is the teachers have all agreed you'll be the first person to go to jail. Well, I dis- disappointed them, uh-huh, but not entirely. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and, and, and so the, my basic premise was that I would be a laborer. Mm-hmm. And when I could no longer get a laboring job, I got into sales. But I didn't know how to sell, so I starved. And I lived on, slept on the floor of a small room and struggled and struggled and struggled. And then I learned something. I learned the importance of setting goals. And you can change your life completely by simply sitting down with a piece of paper and writing down a list of goals that you would like to achieve. And then you ask the question, how? How can I achieve these goals? But especially what skill or skills would I have to develop to achieve these goals? And what I found in sales is very, really quite simple. And so I began to study selling. And then I'd go out every day knocking on doors, cold calling. If I didn't sell something, I didn't eat. And I would cold call and every day I would study in the morning before I left home at 7.30 or 8. And then I would work all day into the evening knocking on doors. And eventually I began to make sales and then to make more sales. And then I recruited other people and taught them what I had learned. And within a couple of years, I had a 95-person sales force in six countries. And it was quite astonishing to me because my basic premise was that I would never be successful financially. So what I do is I teach people. I say, you can be as financially successful as you want. Just simply learn how. You're going to have to pick something that you enjoy and then become very good at it. And then you're going to have to work very, very hard for a long time until you break through. But everybody has the ability to achieve tremendous financial success if they write it down as a goal and they make a plan and they work on it every day. If this turned out to be the best year of your life, your health, your wealth, your family, money, homes, business, everything was the very best year of your entire life, then write down what would have happened. What would have happened and what would you have done to make this the best year of your life? What would happen? What goals would you achieve? House, home, car, money, everything. And what uh, would you have done? What's day by day, week by week, month by month, what would you have done to make this year the best year of your life? Now, take another clean sheet of paper and say it's now December 31st and you did not achieve all your goals. You, unfortunately, for a variety of reasons, didn't achieve your goals, then write down what did you fail to do that led to you failing to achieve your goals? What did you not do? What did you not do that you were supposed to do? And write it down. So you have those two lists. These are all the things that I did to make sure that 2018 was the best year of my life, or these are the things I failed to do. I did not learn and upgrade my skills. I did not take excellent care of my physical health. I did not get up early and work hard all day. I did not uh, do the essential things that I needed to do. I did not work the hours I needed to work and so on. So write down, these are all the things I did to make 2018 the best year of my my life, or these are all the things that I failed to do. And it is a real shocking exercise because as you start to ask that question and write down the answer, you realize, wow, if I did this and this and this, 2018 would be a great year. If I failed to do this and this and this, nothing would change. The book is Believe It to Achieve It, Overcome Your Doubts, Let Go of the Past, and Unlock Your Full Potential. If you would like to get more information about Brian and his work, you can visit BrianTracy.com. Brian, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, what, what, what shocked me, I was 21 years old, was the discovery that each person has unlimited potential. And the more of your potential you use, the more of your potential becomes available to you. The more you learn, the smarter you become. Your, your IQ actually increases as you learn a new subject. This is why a person who learns a new language is much more capable of learning a second or a third language. And so what you do is realize that there's no limit to your potential except the limits you place on yourself with your own doubts and fears. Just so say over and over, I can do anything I put my mind to. If you can write it down and make a list of activities to achieve it, you can accomplish it. And there are no limits. This to me, I learned when I was 21 and poor and struggling, it changed my life forever. No limits. Brian, thank you for being here with us and for sharing strategies to help us live a more happy, successful life. 
You've changed countless lives with your work. And I know if our listeners implement what you taught us today, they can see positive changes in their life too. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom with us. It's a pleasure, John. And I wish all of our listeners to make this the very best year of your life. Until next year. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Imagine running your own business that generates seven figures in revenue. If this sounds like something you'd like to achieve, then join me on Wednesday, December 12th for a special Conversations with Joan event, Building a Million Dollar Business. My guest will be Elaine Pofelt, a writer for Forbes.com. Elaine will explain how to identify, launch, and grow a high-revenue earning business. She'll discuss why this is a good time to start a business, the challenges entrepreneurs face, the top categories for earning seven figures, and how to get on track to achieve high earnings. The event will be held at the Raphael Center in Clifton, New Jersey. For more information, visit cyacyl.com slash conversations. I hope to see you there. Let's start talking. Soul by Rain is produced from various seed flowers. Its primary ingredients hail from the black cumin seed and the black raspberry seed. These two combine to provide a powerful antioxidant barrier against the devastating effects of stress. Soul by Rain has been hailed as one of the most important anti-aging antioxidants ever discovered. Soul is an anti-inflammatory and it helps prevent and repair radical damages for a healthier heart. Get your soul by calling your rain partner, Elmina Ziza, at 973-722-1154. Calm, vitality, mindfulness. We all want them, but they seem so hard to attain. Escape the stress and frenzy of the city streets. New York Open Center offers courses, trainings, and a vibrant community to help you start your journey for a more balanced and healthy life. Visit our website at opencenter.org for more information. Stop by our cafe and bookstore for all your wellness needs. Find your center at 30th and Madison. Dr. Stephen Masley, while most people understand the effect that elevated blood sugar has on their cardiovascular health, few understand that insulin resistance is also damaging to the brain. Dr. Masley joins us today to discuss the link between insulin resistance and brain function and to offer a program that can reverse and stop cognitive decline before it's too late. Dr. Masley is a physician, nutritionist, author, and the creator of Public Television's 30 Days to a Younger Heart. He is the author of The Better Brain Solution, How to Start Now at Any Age, to Reverse and Prevent Insulin Resistance of the Brain, Sharpen Cognitive Function, and Avoid Memory Loss. Welcome, Dr. Masley. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Joan. I'm really delighted to be with you today. Dr. Masley, you've spent more than 20 years treating patients for heart conditions, and now you're teaching us about the brain. How are the heart and the brain linked? Well, they're intimately linked. And in, in our clinic, we look at over 100 markers of aging. We assess our people growing artery plaque, their cholesterol, their blood pressure, but we also look at brain performance. We look at brain speed and memory, and we compare that with lifestyle, like the food they eat, their nutrients they ingest, their fitness, their stress management, and their toxin exposure. And we've been able to publish on over a data from 1,000 patients showing what choices we make impact our brain function. And um, actually, cardiovascular health is one of the strongest predictors. If you're growing plaque in your arteries, sadly, your brain is shrinking at the same time. And the number one cause for both of those, as you just said, is blood sugar and insulin resistance. So if we could stop that, I mean, we have the potential to get rid of at least 90% of heart disease and probably anywhere from 60 to 90% of memory loss. So doctor, insulin resistance is the key. What is it? Well, insulin's the hormone that tells your cells to store energy. So when someone needs 
eats refined carbs in particular, like bread or potatoes or sugar, their blood sugar levels surge up, their insulin rises to push that energy into the cell, but eventually the cells are full. I mean, if we keep eating those foods with the sad standard American diet, we fill up our cells and become insulin resistant to the insulin's message. The irony is when our brain cells become insulin resistant, they shut down. They're no longer functional. They stop using glucose's energy, even though blood sugar levels are high. So people have brain fog, confusion. They're more forgetful. They forget why they walked into a room or somebody's name. And, you know, if that is not just a daily choice, but an ongoing lifestyle, they have ongoing brain function and their cells start to die. And over time, their brain literally shrinks. So insulin resistance decreases brain performance and it's the number one cause for Alzheimer's disease and brain shrinkage. Is what we eat the main cause of insulin resistance or are there other factors? Well, there's at least five factors. I always think of food as, I'm glad you said that because I think of food as really number one. You know, it's the most powerful thing we can easily modify and change. And it has a huge impact on insulin resistance. But our nutrients, our fitness, how we manage our stress, and some toxins we can be exposed to, all of those impact insulin resistance. And those are really the five steps for the Better Brain Solution. Doctor, what does the science say about the connection between insulin resistance and brain function? Well, the science has become pretty solid that we now know those people with insulin resistance are much more likely to get Alzheimer's. They have decreased brain performance. But the good news is it's really reversible. This is something we can change very quickly with simple lifestyle choices. Choosing the right foods, avoiding foods that have a high sugar load, like flour and sugar, um, adding activity. It's actually quite easy to get rid of insulin resistance, bring blood sugar control back to normal, and have Um, improved brain function. In fact, the patients in our clinic who've gone through our program, um, we've actually done randomized clinical trials, published the results, and we know our average patient is 25% sharper. It's almost as if someone gave them a faster computer that they can get their work done with. So eating brain-boosting foods, getting fit, what are the other steps? Well, there's some key nutrient deficiencies that can absolutely impact your brain, like vitamin D, B12, folates, magnesium. Um, More than half of people are deficient in these nutrients. It's super common. So I want to really show people in an easy way, how can they avoid the most common nutrient deficiencies that impact brain function and help them make sure that they don't suffer from that needlessly when it's so easy to correct. We said that food is probably the number one cause of insulin resistance. So let's focus on that for a moment. What food should we be eating that would improve our cognitive function? And what are the no-nos? What should we avoid at all costs? Well, let me start with the ones to add first, because that's easier to do, tell people what to add, especially if they like some of them. So one, I mean, so powerful, green leafy vegetables. You know, it doesn't sound that sexy, but somebody who eats a cup of green leafies a day, their brain is 11 years younger than someone who doesn't. 11 years is a lot. So that's like broccoli, kale, um, Brussels sprouts, um, Swiss chard, anything that's like green leafy. So it's, I mean, there's got to be something most people like they can have a cup a day. And doctor, um, I, want to inter- I want to just interrupt yeah. for a moment. How should they be cooked? Is overcooking, does that kill the nutrients? Um, yes. I mean, if you cook them till they're soft and they've lost their color, I mean, like broccoli and kale, you want them still to be vibrant green when they're cooked. So yeah, they can be eaten raw or equally good. You can steam them. You can saute them like with olive oil. Um, just don't, I'm really glad you said that, Joan, <laughs> just don't overcook them because that you can ruin them if you cook, you know, if you like boil them until they're mushy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would, that would ruin them. That's a very good point. Okay. So in addition to green leafy veggies, what else should we be adding in? Well, on any of the colorful vegetables like beets really have been shown to improve blood supply to the brain, especially the brain area that where we do cognitive function and processing and memory. Um, we also want berries for their pigment and cherries. Those blue, red, purple pigments really protect our brain. Other pigments that are super helpful are like um, dark chocolate and cocoa and green tea, especially um, matcha green tea. I mean, super helpful. And even coffee, I mean, is actually very beneficial for your brain. Um, The pigments do have benefits, but we do want to keep it in coffee's got to be in moderation because too much is harmful. Um, A little bit is better than none. And we're really looking at two 
not more than three cups a day, preferably. So, I mean, there's pigments that if we eat more of them, you improve your brain function and you decrease decline. But we also need fat for our brain. I think that one of the coolest recent studies compared a low-fat diet with a Mediterranean-style diet. And whether they added more nuts or they added extra, um, extra virgin olive oil, either way, when people added more smart fat, they had their brain cognitive function improved and they had less cognitive decline. And those people on a low-fat diet had accelerated cognitive decline. So I think from a brain perspective, we can finally put this to rest and say, yes, some fats are bad, but we need smart fats. We don't want to be following a low-fat diet. Okay, doctor, so what are the no-nos? What should we be avoiding? Well, sugar and flour. I mean, so if insulin resistance is the number one cause for brain dysfunction and memory loss, we want to stop feeding that. And the most important thing to do is to cut sugar and flour out of our diets. And when I say flour, I mean whether it's, if you took three bowls, a bowl of sugar, a bowl of white flour, and a bowl of whole wheat flour, yes, the whole wheat has more nutrients, but the sugar response and the insulin resistance are exactly the same. When we take a grain and we grind it up into flour, it acts just like table sugar. So we really want to cut, unless it's your birthday or your child's birthday and you're having birthday cake, fine. But that's a special occasion, day in and day out. We need to get the flour out of our diet. We need to get the sugar out of our diet. And if we did that alone, that would have a huge benefit. Doctor, what about wheat? There are some programs that say wheat is not healthy for the brain. What what have you read about that? Well, at least 20% of the U.S. population is gluten sensitive. And this is probably true. And I mean, it's less than Europe. It might be 5 to 10% because they don't have as much GMO wheat as we do. We have a more allergenic form of wheat. So, but 20% is a lot. And that means an autoimmune disease that can cause brain injury, multiple sclerosis, um, inflammation of the brain, as well as gut problems. And so at least 20% should absolutely never touch it and totally cover it, cut it out. And there's testing for that. And I discussed that in detail in the Better Brain Solution book. But I, there's nothing redeeming about wheat. I mean, it's not like there's nutrients there we can't get elsewhere. And since most wheat is processed into flour, which acts like sugar. I mean, almost everybody would be better cutting down on wheat or cutting it out mostly. But 20% of people absolutely should have nothing to do with it. Doctor, you said that it's important for us to manage stress. Why is meditation so beneficial for brain function? Well, here's the thing. When we're, I mean, I think this day and age is more stressful than ever before. Just our handheld devices keep us connected to people that we may not even know 24-7. I mean, it's a nonstop barrage. And if we're stressed out and we don't proactively manage it, our cortisol levels go up. And when cortisol is a hormone that goes up to help us handle like an emergency, like a burglar chasing us down the street or a lion chasing us on the safari, I mean, that's what cortisol's for to get us through that short minute process. But today, people are stressed out 24-7, day in and day out. And cortisol raises blood sugar. You lose muscle and bone mass, but it, it makes you grow more artery plaque. But the worst is it literally shrinks your brain. So people who are stressed out have high cortisol in the memory center of their brain. The hippocampus is shrinking. So one of the most effective tools we could do proactively is meditation. And it doesn't take that long. 10 minutes a day has been shown to really lower cortisol levels, help us be more focused, improve our blood pressure. It's really good for your brain. So 10 minutes of meditation can have an amazing benefit um, long-term, and it's an essential part of the whole program. The book is The Better Brain Solution, How to Start Now at Any Age to Reverse and Prevent Insulin Resistance of the Brain, Sharpen Cognitive Function, and Avoid Memory Loss by Dr. Stephen Masley. If you'd like more information, you can visit the website, drmasley.com. That's D-R-M-A-S-L-E-Y, drmasley.com. Doctor, in about 30 seconds or less, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? Don't wait. 
Humans procrastinate, and too often they wait till they have a symptom like memory loss. But by the time you have memory loss, your brain is already shrinking. Don't wait until your brain shrinks. Take actions today so you can improve your brain function, improve your quality of life, feel better, feel fantastic, and prevent memory loss. Dr. Massey, thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing ways that we can improve brain function while preventing memory loss and heart disease. Your strategies can help transform healthcare to a more preventative and less reactionary approach. So thank you for sharing with us. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Conversations with Joan and creator of the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand. Do you want to help someone who could use a hand? During this holiday season of love and giving, Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life invites you to feed a family this Christmas. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life helps you share your blessings with those less fortunate. It's easy to do and the rewards are abundant. We have created two packages, a turkey dinner or a ham dinner, each complete with meat, vegetables, salad, sides, and dessert. To feed area families in need, we will be distributing meals through Covenant House and Jersey Battered Women's Service. Spread some love this holiday season and feed a family. Each meal includes the note, this meal is sent with love. For more information or to place an order, visit cyacyl.com slash holiday meal. That's cyacyl.com slash holiday meal. Share your blessings this Christmas and feed a family. This is Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. My next guest, David Baldacci, has been writing since childhood. David published his first novel, Absolute Power, in 1996, and it was adapted into a feature film with Clint Eastwood as its director and star. David has published 36 novels for adults, all bestsellers, and several have been adapted for film and television. David and his wife, Michelle, established the Wish You Were Well Foundation, which supports family and adult literacy in the United States. David's new book is Long Road to Mercy. Welcome, David. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So, David, it's a pleasure for me to have you here with us today. I am truly a fan of your work. You have been writing since you were a child. How did you get your start? Well, you know, I was one of those kids that never really shut up. I just sort of told tall tales and stories all the time. And my mom gave me a journal when I was eight or nine years old. And I started writing some stories down in it and really never looked back. I was, you know, I started writing short stories when I was in high school and college. And I moved into screenplay writing when I was practicing law. And then I matriculated into attempting to write novels. And that's really when my career took off. So I really spent most of my life, you know, just playing with words. When people think uh, about becoming a writer, what's synonymous with that is rejection. What was it like for you to get your first book published? It was uh, a relief in many ways, and it was a surreal experience. Um, I'd gotten lots of rejections, like most writers do. And then you get to the point where you just don't, you feel like it's just never going to happen for you. You're never going to get that one break. You're going to have to the right person to read the right material at the right time. So it was, it was validation. Um, it was, you know, I guess a thank you to me for my perseverance mm-hmm. and not having, you know, quit and gone off and tried to do something else. So it was very gratifying. How were you able to persevere? Because many people would give up after receiving so much rejection. Yeah, it was, it, the thing with me was I sort of had a built-in safety valve because I couldn't stop writing. It didn't really matter. I mean, I wanted to be published, but it wasn't like I we just chuck it all because I didn't wasn't published at, at that point in my career because I couldn't live without the words. You know, I'd still look it up every day, and I'd still want to think about stories and write them down. So that's really what kept me going, that inner drive and just the inability to be without the words. It's interesting. I recently spoke with Mary Higgins Clark, and I asked her the same question, and she said she didn't have a choice. And it seems to be that people who are writing the way that you all do, that that's the answer. You just felt like you didn't have a choice. You needed to write. Yeah, I think that's what um, gets you through a lot of bad times. And I always thought that, you know, it's, it's kind of like the perfect Darwinism because um, if you were meant to be a writer, I think you're going to stick with it because you can't not write. Mm-hmm. And your chances of being published at that point are a lot greater than if you went into it for the wrong reasons and you really didn't care about the writing. You just wanted to write the book, sell the movie rights, and retire. <laughs> you know, uh, that's not going to that's not going to keep you through the long nights and the and the many rejections. What was it like to have Clint Eastwood direct and star in your first film? I mean, that's like making the Super Bowl after being a rookie. <laughs> 
it's absolutely exactly what it was. I felt like it was, again, surreal. I didn't, sort of an out-of-body experience. You didn't think it was actually happening to you. You were just kind of observing it happening to somebody else that looked like you. So it was great. You know, I spent time with him and the other stars and William Goldman, who just recently passed away. He wrote the screenplay for it, and I spent time with Bill. And it was a terrific experience, you know, one I'll never forget. So you said that the words come to you and that you have to write. Where do you get your story ideas? Yeah, I like to tell people that I wake up every day and walk out the door, and I just see the world around me, and I figure out you know, the potential of something I'm looking at if I just add a few fictional facts here and there. And I, I'm a voracious reader. I'm a great observer. I crave knowledge and information. I read as much information and try to you know, make myself uh, better informed every day of my life. And you never know where something you read, something you've thought about, something you've heard uh, will figure into a novel. You know, it's all material, potential material down the road. Has anyone ever come up to you and said, that person was me, you're writing about me? I've had that happen to me, and I always, you know, I'm very, always very kind to say you're exactly right, because the last <laughs> thing they want to hear is that they didn't make the novel at all. You know, they'd rather be the bad person than not be in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, tell us about your new book, Long Road to Mercy. Adley Pond is an FBI agent, and she um, works her job in the southwest United States, in Arizona, near the Grand Canyon. Um, she had a very tumultuous upbringing. She's one of twins, uh, her sister, Mercy Pine, um, hence the name Long Road to Mercy. When they were six years old, they lived in Macon, Georgia, and in the middle of the night, a guy came through the window and did a nursery rhyme in their foreheads, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And the last word fell on Mercy, and he took Mercy and almost killed Adley. Um, and uh, so to this day, 30 years later almost, Adley has no idea whether her sister's alive or not, has no idea who took her or what happened to her. And I think what drives Atley um, is that she's living two lives instead of one, her life and then that of her sisters who really never had the opportunity to live her life. And that's what drives her. She's a loner. But in the job of an FBI, you've got to be a good consensus builder and you have to be able to relate and, and, and interact with other people. She could be the only federal officer for you know many square miles out there, but she has local law enforcement she has to deal with. There are three major Indian tribes that inhabit the Grand Canyon area, and they all have their own police forces that she has to deal with. So even though she's a little aloof and you know standoffish, she still has to work with a lot of people and get them to trust her. David, in addition to being a writer and all the other work that you do, you started a foundation called the Wish You Well Foundation. Tell us about that mission. Um, we started it almost 20 years ago, my wife and I. And our, uh, what we do in that is we um, pay and give funding to literacy organizations and initiatives across the country. And we've done programs and paid for programs in you know almost all 50 states and counting. We had a great year this year. We funded nearly 40 programs over a variety of platforms in about a dozen states. And our job is to eradicate illiteracy in the United States. You'd be surprised at how many adults in particular read the two lowest levels of literacy. Um, in an information age and society that we live in, where you're bombarded with information all day long, if you can't read at an acceptable level and process all that information, you know how can you be a you know a good participant as a citizen in a democracy? And the alternative to that is if you don't come up with your own ideas and decisions and opinions, then there are highly paid people who will tell you what you're supposed to think and who you're supposed to vote for. And I just never think that's a good idea. David, how can people help? Um, they can go to the, the foundation's website, wishyouwellfoundation.org. We do accept donations from other people. Uh, you can learn about how you can volunteer in your communities. Um, and uh, we also have another program called Feeding Body and Mind. I just came back from a book tour. And all, during my tours, we sent out these big white boxes. And when the boxes are filled up with my fans, you know, new and gently used books of all sorts, we ship those books to local area food banks. We team with Feeding America, which are in all the nation's food banks. Poverty, illiteracy, and hunger go hand in hand. If you, don't, if you don't have high reading skills, chances are you're going to have a lower-paying job and you're going to have hunger issues. Um, so our job is to get books into as many homes as we can. Over the last six or seven years, we've you know, collected and, and donated nearly two million books across food banks across the United States. The book is Long Road to Mercy. If you'd like to get more information about David and his work or the foundation, you can visit davidbaldacci.com or wishyouwellfoundation.org. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I enjoyed it. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wouldn't it be great to magically improve your fitness level while you work? Well, it may not be magic, but you can get in better shape right at your desk. 
I'm Christina Nemec, co-founder of PATH Health Consultants. Here at PATH, we focus on using lifestyle to prevent and manage health risks. We're a workplace wellness firm dedicated to improving the bottom line of the organizations we work with. Our innovative, personalized approach to wellness supports employees as they adopt and sustain behaviors that improve or maintain their health. In addition, we offer a variety of health seminars and workshops to companies interested in educating and supporting their employees in a group setting. There are many ways to add a few minutes of exercise throughout the day while you work. Replace your desk chair with an inexpensive stability ball to increase your core strength. Choose the stairs over the elevator to elevate your heart rate. Several times throughout the day, stand up and do 10 squats. Use your desk or the wall to do 10 push-ups. Stretch. It will increase your flexibility and can manage some of that workplace stress. Get a squishy stress ball and squeeze without stopping for 30 seconds at a time. You'll be performing resistance training and de-stressing too. Find a buddy and take a walk at lunchtime. You'll find you're much more productive in the afternoon. Come up with your own ways to fit in fitness throughout the workday. You'll be happier and healthier because of it. If you'd like more information on workplace wellness, please contact us at pathhealthllc.com. Do you find yourself struggling with what to wear but don't have the time or know-how to pull it all together? Hi, this is Sonica Guadara, and I am a certified personal fashion stylist and founder of Style by Sonica. Research shows that people who are well-groomed are assumed to be more competent. We all know how important first impressions count. Looking good in your clothes inspires self-confidence. And when you consistently make good impressions, you gain the trust of others. Wearing the right clothes can affect all areas of your life. From getting that dream job to finding a partner. My job as a personal fashion stylist is that I can show you what complements your body type and what colors suit you. It's not about following trends, but about clothes that suit your personality and body type. To learn more about me and personal styling, visit me at stylebysonica.com. Wallets are a very personal thing in my view, and over all the years I've carried one, I have only found a couple that were just right. The most recent purchase was a few years back. The soft yet sturdy leather, the size, organization, the pockets, and color are all so important. So when I found this wallet, I just had to purchase it, even though it was burgundy. I have black cars, shoes, socks, half my t-shirts, black, but I just had to get this wallet. Fast forward three years, it's almost perfect. The leather is broken into a smooth, soft feel. The pockets hug the credit cards just right, and it's wearing well. No holes, no damage, and as much as I love the wallet, it is the wrong color. So I've kept my eyes wide open and have stumbled across that same wallet in black a few times over the past few years, each time passing on it. I mean, the one I bought in Burgundy is fine now, and it's broken in, but I really want it in black. Hi, I'm Ed Gaelic, a life and health insurance broker and founder of PSI Consultants located in Glenrock, New Jersey. We have specialized in personal insurance and company-sponsored health benefits since 1985. Recently, I once again stumbled across that same wallet in black, and I thought to myself, had I bought it a year ago, it would be broken in by now, so I realized it's time. You can only change the future by taking action now. I purchased it, retired my burgundy wallet, and I have exactly what I want. And when that black wallet starts to wear in, I'll be even happier. But that would not have happened had I not taken action. Many of us procrastinate on the important stuff. There's always a story. That's not to say the story is not valid or true, but a story nevertheless. That means delay, not getting what you want or need. People have a natural desire to improve, but we cannot change the past, only the future, and what you do now changes your future. Say yes to yourself and take action today on whatever it is you've delayed. To contact us, please visit our website, psi-consultants.com. 
Life as a married couple is over. Whether you are the initiator, the recipient, or it was a joint decision, you now have a choice. You can give yourself permission to move into a new future that will unfold and direct your energy into this new and improved quality of life or destroy yourself, your family, and your friendships. Are you going to take the high road or the low road? This is Jackie Atchison, certified divorce coach and founder at Better Path to Divorce with some quick tips to help guide you to more workable relationships with yourself, your ex, your family, and friends. Ask yourself, what do I need right now? Focus on your strengths. Choose not to get into those downward, unresolved spirals with your ex. Work on finding common ground. Allow yourself, especially the children, to have relationships based on the merits of their own feelings. Don't ask loved ones to take sides. Keep the focus on healing yourself and making yourself whole. Practice forgiveness and choose to be grateful for what you got out of the relationship. Divorce is a roller coaster of emotions that drain our energy at a time when we need all of our strength to make lifelong decisions, to be the parents we want to be. By practicing some of these proven strategies, you can come through this and begin the journey to the next and best part of your life. Together, we can do this. To learn more about me and divorce coaching, visit me at betterpathtodivorce.com. Do you worry about how to protect your family and valuables from intruders breaking into your home? Hi, I'm Dan Coleman, professional investigator and founder of Creative Solutions Investigative Services and Burglary Solutions. The thought of someone breaking into your home when you're away, or worse, someone entering your home when you're sleeping, is a frightening thought for all of us. Some simple steps can make a big difference in keeping your home safe and secure. Keep in mind that burglars and thieves want your valuables more than anything else. An experienced burglar knows that if they're confronted by a homeowner while committing the burglary, they could face more serious charges than if no one was home. So do everything you can to make your home look occupied at all times of the day. When it's dark, have multiple lights on timers, especially at dusk. During the day, make it look like there are children in the home. To protect yourself at night, make sure you have motion lights around the outside of your house and property. Did you know that most burglars are inside a home for less than three minutes? That's enough time to go to the master bedroom, steal jewelry or other valuables, and escape before the police arrive. So never store valuable or sentimental jewelry in a jewelry box inside your bedroom. Don't put off thinking about how to protect your home and family from a burglar until it's too late. If you need more information or assistance, you can contact me, Dan Coleman, through my website, csinvestigations.info or burglarysolutionsllc.com. productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Amy Collins, a mindful living instructor and founder of Create Clarity. Amy offers classes to help individuals clarify who they are, reconnect with their genuine values, reawaken their intuition, and make a transformational shift to live a more vibrant life. She's here today to talk about the importance of mentors. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Joan, for having me. So, Amy, we hear the word mentor thrown around pretty often. I mean, I hear it in the context of business and and being successful and parenting. So how do you define a mentor? What does that word mean to you? The most concise way I would define the word mentor is by saying it's, it's an experienced and trusted advisor someone who's going to share his or her experience and provide guidance for someone who has a little less experience in whatever field that is, whether it's in the world of professional work or parenting, like you said. So, Amy, what do you believe are the benefits of having a mentor? Why do we even need to do this? Oh, having a mentor is key. I've always sought out mentors, Joan, in my professional life as well as in my journey of motherhood, I have always found that mentors, like I said, they share their experience, they provide guidance. Um, mentors also provide motivation and emotional support. And really, they're wonderful role models. I've looked at my mentors, and I've seen them grow in ways that I'm really proud of them. And I continue to, to, to learn from them and apply that, you know, their experience to my own life. And, you know, mentors, it's key when you find 
a mentor or various mentors, my dad always said, look at several different people, have a variety of mentors, and learn from all of them, and then figure out what works best for you in your life and apply that. Amy, how does a person go about finding or selecting a mentor? What criteria do you recommend? The most basic criteria I would recommend is to find someone you want to be like, um, whether it's in your world of work or in the world of mothering or parenting. Um, You know, again, there are professional mentoring networking groups that you can find. You can attend newcomers groups for mothers and for people who've just moved into different neighborhoods. And you can get involved in the community or a church. And you can find mentors through those different avenues as well. And again, I just think it's key because when we can find someone who's got a little bit more experience than we do and provide us with some guidance, then what's wonderful, Joan, is not only do we learn from them, but then we can turn around and teach the person behind us, so to speak, as well. Amy, thank you so much for being here with us. If you would like to learn more about Amy and her work, you can visit her website, createclarity.net. And as always, to hear more from Amy, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Amy. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Conversations with Joan and creator of the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand. Do you want to help someone who could use a hand? During this holiday season of love and giving, Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life invites you to feed a family this Christmas. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life helps you share your blessings with those less fortunate. It's easy to do, and the rewards are abundant. We have created two packages, a turkey dinner or a ham dinner, each complete with meat, vegetables, salad, sides, and dessert. To feed area families in need, we will be distributing meals through Covenant House and Jersey Battered Women's Service. Spread some love this holiday season and feed a family. Each meal includes the note, this meal is sent with love. For more information or to place an order, visit cyacyl.com slash holiday meal. That's cyacyl.com slash holiday meal. Share your blessings this Christmas and feed a family. Imagine running your own business that generates seven figures in revenue. If this sounds like something you'd like to achieve, then join me on Wednesday, December 12th for a special Conversations with Joan event, Building a Million Dollar Business. My guest will be Elaine Pofelt, a writer for Forbes.com. Elaine will explain how to identify, launch, and grow a high-revenue earning business. She'll discuss why this is a good time to start a business, the challenges entrepreneurs face, the top categories for earning seven figures, and how to get on track to achieve high earnings. The event will be held at the Raphael Center in Clifton, New Jersey. For more information, visit cyacyl.com slash conversations. I hope to see you there. Let's start talking. That's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Conversations with Joan, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.